Great. Great. Here we are. Episode four? Yes. yes. Four. Yeah. Of That's Legit. Yeah. I'm Drew. I'm Jordan. And yeah, we are That's Legit. Yes, we are. Today, we are watching Spider-Man. Well, we watched. We. This is just a review. Yes. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Though, have you seen it, though? Yes, I've seen it so many times. This is one of my all-time favorite movies. Yeah, but did you watch it for the review? I don't have to watch it for the review. I know everything about this movie. Oh, okay, then. Yeah, I'm that confident. I saw it opening weekend. I saw it like 20 times when it was on Netflix. I listened to the soundtrack almost every day. I yeah. I also I remember why, I'm. this is one of the few movies I actually remember going and seeing in the theater. Mm-hmm. I don't remember seeing movies in theaters, but I remember seeing this one in theater. I saw it with a buddy of mine, Will. Yeah, and just had so much fun because we were both nerds. Yeah, this is a really enjoyable movie to watch. I think if this is one of the movies where anybody can enjoy it. Well, it's hard not to enjoy this movie. Yeah, I think if you're not a nerd, you might not like it as much, but I think you'll still enjoy it. Oh, for sure. If yeah. you don't enjoy it, you're, I don't know. This is one of my all-time favorite movies. I'm like, I'm going to keep saying that. Yeah, it, this movie entirely it is crafted from the beginning and it's such a good story and it's a new story as well which i love i love yeah. the character of miles morales well it's based off of, in this movie it's based off of um the spider-verse comic book well yes but it's entire it's basically a whole entirely new crap yeah it's, it's a whole new story but it has it brings in elements from the comics yeah oh yeah um but yeah i think this movie is definitely it's Definitely the best Spider-Man movie. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's without question. Oh, yeah. I'm trying... Because this and Endgame are both really great. But I also love the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Guardians of the Galaxy is really good, yeah. I love those movies more. Those are two of my favorite movies. I love watching those. I remember I watched those, like, a month ago, a month ago, back back to back, and it was was fun. I think those, this, and Endgame make up four of my five favorite superhero movies. I think Infinity War is better than Endgame. I, I, do, I disagree. Well, I guess we'll get to that review when we get to that review. Yeah, well, so. When we do the MCU movies like we've been talking about after 10 weeks of Phantom Menace or not we have to record tomorrow of Star Wars, which we do have to record tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I hope that runs a bit smoother this time. Yes, because it did not run go. very smoothly, and I it was impossible to edit out, out edit out all those mistakes. Yeah, which I'll be handling the editing for the Phantom Menace review. What do you mean? Exactly, I'm gonna do it because you suck. No, I know how to do it. It's fine. It's just huh. I couldn't edit. No, you can't edit. I, you'll you'll see if once we. I'll send you the. I'll, if I can find a way, I'll send you the audio and I'll show you how it was impossible to edit out some. Of those oh, okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Oh, for once in that's legit history, I am dressed. In yes, people clothes. Jordan is dressed. Yes, finally. I'm in a t-shirt and jeans instead of my PJs and white shirt. Though he still so. doesn't have his notes. But who needs notes when you got it all in your head? Who needs notes when you have me? Anyways. Exactly. Are you pulling up the facts like you usually do? Uh, no, but I'll get that right up. Yeah, you usually do the facts of the movie, and I want to keep that up. Okay, so this is a 2018 film. It has a 93 audience score with a 97 tomato meter. Very, it's a very good 
just a good movie. Okay, it's yeah. rated PG. Um, it was directed by Bob something, Peter Ramsey, and Ridney Romney. It was in theaters December 14th, 2018. That's when I saw it. I loved um, it so much. I know Phil Lord and Chris Miller, I don't know if they were screenwriters or producers or what they did. They, it, they were writers. They were writers. That makes yes. sense. Yes. Yeah. Most, I think everything that they've done has been pretty great. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, I, I didn't like the second Lego movie, but I don't think they worked on that one. I don't, I don't believe so, no. I don't know. I'll look that up right now. But anyways, yeah, this movie is obviously fantastic, and it deserves a lot of love. Oh, yeah. Um, I think I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. Yeah, this is one of my 10 out of 10 movies. And there's only a few I give 10, 10 out of 10s to. I have a little bit nitpicks here and there, but besides um, that, it's not much. Yeah, I think – well, everyone's going to have nitpicks of movies. Yeah. Even I, even I who like – I, like I said, I love this movie in 10 out of 10. I have some stuff in my notes here that I wasn't a fan of. But, yeah, I think as a, as a nerd and as a guy who knows Spider-Man comics, this definitely was for – it was helped to be kind of, like, made for – this movie was made for us and everyone else. Oh, yeah. If you want to go see a film and enjoy a film, this is a really movie to just go and enjoy. But if you know, like, a lot of Spider-Man lore and comics and stuff, it's gonna, comics in general, there is so much stuff in this movie that is so good. I have – it for – one, it looks like a comic book. Oh, yeah. The, we, have to, we have to talk about it. This mm-hmm. movie looks amazing. It is fantastic. It's it's my favorite animation that I've seen in all of animation. This is definitely my favorite animated movie. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other ones, and I can't really think of any that are... None this. that compare. Hmm? The cinema, like The cinematography of this animated movie is spectacular. Spectacular? Yeah. I mean, what I love about this movie and what I loved about what I like about a lot of movies like Guardians of the Galaxy, the colors in this movie are so vibrant and, and they pop. They pop and I just love seeing that on screen because mm-hmm. I can't it makes me so disgusted when I see a movie and the colors are just dull and flat. Like, Unless the character is meant to be that way. Uh, portrayed in that type of era. I'll get to that. I will say no, there are mo- when the mo- when the movie wants you to take things seriously, the colors are much darker and much more. They're not as poppy, and like it, I have that as one of my notes, just because this movie uses the color not to just dazzle you, but it, it's there for a reason. Yeah, it's there's emotion behind the colors. There's mo- emotion behind the colors At, when the um the machine in this movie is going off. Like it's there's these all of these different colors. Mm-hmm. going off to show that there's a lot of stuff that is behind this there's a lot of meaning behind this mm-hmm. especially at the end when there are just so many impressive colors and art designs in the end that it's just kind of saying this is cool looking for one but also there's a lot going on here and there's a lot to pay attention to and what i liked about is even in the action scenes especially at the end the colors don't take away from what's actually happening absolutely not it they're not all up in your face yeah. and if they are that's because it's for a reason it's yeah. not just there to be there and it's so it's amazing it's just just it's so great like i said it looks like a comic book i have a list of things here that i want to mention about it looking like a comic book for one there's speech lines sometimes right. which i loved seeing the, when um aaron uncle aaron he laughs at one point when we first see him and there's a speech lines coming off i'm like oh shoot i forgot that happened in this movie like it 
little mm-hmm. bits like that. The thought my bubble. favorite the thought bubbles, especially in the high school scene where the he's like, bubbles. Oh, act stupid, Miles. Oh, not that stupid. When when with the squares is it's so great because you never there's no there's no good way to dr- put make a movie exactly like a comic book there's probably there's two movies that try this and one of them does better than the other one of them is Ang Lee's Hulk yeah really bad yeah <laughs> and then the other is Spider-Man the, like the original Spider-Man the Sam Raimi yes the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. it's those movies are fine I personally- those movies are f- okay Hulk is not good let's Hulk just say is- that that's a zero out of ten um Sam Raimi trilogy, I give that like an eight out of ten or higher because I enjoyed the Sam Raimi trilogy. I don't like the Sam Raimi. I like it because it's campy. I mean, and I it's that. like it's the product of the times, and yeah, and there's some nitpicks, but I guess like, we'll get to it. Whatever. We'll, we'll, when we do those movies too, we'll talk about it. Yeah, but um, just like the thought bubbles as boxes is pulled straight from a comic, and it works so well. Yeah, in an animated setting and just. If just the idea because that's what happens in comic books like they talk to themselves through these through the squares mm-hmm. for those who don't read comics and it's just it worked so well in this movie because it helps you put yourself into the mindset of the character exactly mm-hmm. um the blam like the batman 66 like the blam pow yep, yep. dap it, like all that stuff it was really fun to see that happen um mainly when spider-man's fighting the green goblin in this movie yeah when Green Goblin's throwing his pumpkin bombs at Spider-Man, it goes blam, pow. And just I just when I saw, it, I was like, oh god, this movie's yeah. Amazing. Um, and then like when we when I mentioned the machine going off, besides the colors, the Jack Kirby like circles and lines, the it's so when you see it, if you know if you don't if you haven't looked up Jack Kirby's work, definitely look it up. It is incredibly iconic, and there was nothing like it, especially at the time. But when yeah. you see when on the screen when they do the collider bits. Um, that's the kind of art style that they're clearly pulling from. And at the end, um, there's a fantastic tribute to Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. Oh, yeah. Um, right before the post credit scene. And it oh, was, yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it, it brings up the message of this movie, which we'll get to, but yeah, it was a really cool um, tribute. And um, besides that, there's just the classic comic book dots. Yeah, that are, that's in every frame, like because obviously, like the I've seen interviews where like they basically said we just wanted to make this look good and we spent time with it and it, we wanted it to make it look like a comic book and they did a fantastic. And job. you can tell they really cared about everything that happened in this movie. Every single frame is so incredibly in depth. Yeah, there's normally when you do something like this, there's going to be focus and out of focus objects. Everything was in, not necessarily in focus, but like everything seemed real. Like in real life, when you're looking at somebody, the things that are out of focus from your view are not like blur- like super blurry, like they are in movies a lot of the times. Yeah. In this, everybody is when I, when Miles is walking down the street in the beginning of the movie, you can see the detail on every single person, and it, but they're still slightly out of focus to make it seem more real, realistic. And I just it, it was so fantastic yeah like there's nothing else to say like i just the cinema like just the art style and cinematography alone it boosts the movie up there yeah it made that's what makes it really good it brought this movie from a pretty fun spider-man movie to one of the greatest films Mm -hmm. 
especially it's by far in my opinion the best animated film i've ever seen although i have not seen disney movies and i get yelled at all the time to watch disney movies so. don't they, they all suck i feel like they're just going to be all the same and they are. all my biases are just going to be upheld yeah that that's how i am with a lot of disney movies um but so do we just get into it now i think we can just get into it Okay, so spoilers from this section on. Yeah, spoilers from this section on. All right, let's go through the story of this movie. Hold on. I want to talk about Miles really quick. Okay. In the comics, or in the older comics, I don't know about any newer comics. I haven't read them, of course. In the older comics, um, and I'm going to get a lot of flack for saying this, but I'm right. No, Miles people, Morales, people agree. I know what you're going to say, and people agree with you. Don't worry. Miles Morales was a copy of Peter Parker. He was just black. And I hated that because I don't want to see Peter Parker presented in this type in as a i don't want to see miles morales as a second peter parker i want miles morales to be his own character of miles morales you know that's what this movie is so good at doing because it makes him his own character he's not peter parker too he's he's miles and it makes it so much better that year that same year it was a great this is a great year for miles morales because in that same year there was the spider-man ps4 video game yep and they sort of made him part of what I like about Miles Morales in the PS4 game. I'm going to talk about that really quickly is because they sort of make him like Peter Parker, but make him distinct enough that he isn't the same, but they make him enough like Peter Parker so that Peter can mentor him and say, I actually do know exactly what's going on with you. And like, he can help him progress that mm-hmm. works in this, in that story. In this story, we see, I'm going to bring up, like the second main character's movie peter b parker yeah who is so great i loved every single line Mm -hmm. from him there's a i I have a list of a bunch of the jokes in this movie that i liked and like half of them are from him yeah and you can see the contrast between miles original or miles's original spider-man of peter parker Mm -hmm. and he's like the 21 year old hot shot who can't do anything wrong He's like the pinnacle of Spider-Man, right? He's the Peter and that then, us comic fans know and love. Yes. Okay, and then we then spoiler, he dies. Yeah. He get he gets um killed by Kingpin, right? Mm-hmm. And then Peter B. Parker comes in. And Peter B. Parker's a lot grounded. He's a lot older and depresso expresso. So Mary did, Jane left him, his aunt died, he gained yeah. weight, he yeah. eats pizza. He eats it, pizza. It's really it's really yeah. sad. One of my favorite jokes I liked in the beginning, um, when he gets pulled into Miles' universe, he said, you know, I was doing crunches and push-ups and stuff, and it's just a him eating a piece of pizza. And I was like, that's yep. But mm-hmm. in that scene also, he's sitting in a bath crying, and he's like, you know, I'm doing good, whatever, because there's a voiceover when he's saying all this. And he's, he's just sitting in a tub crying in the Spider-Man costume. And he's like, you know, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm coping with it. And it's just, it, it felt like, I know it's a funny joke, but like it felt, you felt bad for him. Yeah, like, because he's Spider Man and he's so infallibly good. Just to see him fall down in this rut, it's 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 tough to see. Yeah, it is because this is a beloved character by a lot of people, and yes. seeing that happen to him and at the end of the movie, almost be redeemed. Yeah, or be I guess you could say he was redeemed. We'll see, and I guess we'll see, and especially because he goes back to Mary Jane at the end. Yeah, but we don't know how that turns out yet, so. Hopefully, good. I mean, presumably, it turns out well. Well, yeah. There is but... a second one in the works, and I think there's a Gwen, 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 there's a Gwen Stacy movie in the works as well. Yeah, but Miles is his own character. I really like that, and they didn't 
have him be overly smart where he's the top of his class. Clearly, he does like he's clearly smart. You can see that, and he but he gets transferred to a private school away from his public school, and he doesn't want to be at the private school because he prefers to be at the public school because all his friends are there, of course. Mm-hmm. So he tries to flunk out. Yeah, right. And we know he's smart, and just seeing that. Instead of his own character, instead of like Peter Parker, where he would just go and he'd just be be smart, he'd be the yeah. But seeing Miles be his own, like having that sort of having that intelligence that Peter has and making him sort of similar, but wanting to distance himself from it makes him infinitely more interesting. Well, infinitely, but he it makes him more interesting because I think like a lot of people can relate to Miles' situation. Yeah, a lot of people who have to deal with going up in classes and then losing all of your friends or just losing your friends in general it can be yeah. very difficult to do yeah it's awful having to lose all your friends yeah and it's not like he even has a bad role model because his parents seem yeah like his his, dad, his father's a cop um his mother's a nurse i believe yeah it's a nurse or doctor one of the two so clearly they're hard workers and they want their kid to be a, like a good smart kid and do good in his life but he takes a liking to his uncle who isn't the He's not really a bad person, but he's not the best role model. No, he's a bad person. Well, I say he had like he didn't want Miles to be super involved. Like he, I don't think he wanted to be in like the crime syndicate that they were in. But okay, I have a question. Okay, so let's just spoil it here. Um, there's a char- there's a villain in this movie, The Prowler, who works for Kingpin, and it is Miles' Uncle Aaron. Yeah. Um, did you know already before you watched the movie that Uncle Aaron was the Prowler? First time watching it, no, but I kind of suspected it. Okay, because I was because I knew that he was gonna be. I knew he was the prowler because of the comics. Um, but I had no. I I didn't. I wanted to know what people who had never who didn't know that whether he like you could kind of tell if he was the villain. I could tell. Okay, because I wasn't sure, but because I was like, hmm, I wonder if that would make him just a really interesting villain in that sense, but. I do want to talk about the villains right now. Okay. I think all of them. Um, well, I shouldn't say all of them. I think Kingpin and um, the Prowler, uh, Uncle Aaron, are both. I feel like they're just barely good enough villains. They're barely good enough villains. Like I think, if there was one more scene, they would have been like pretty great villains in this movie. Like I think if Kingpin was given one more scene, just like mourning his wife and son and uncle Aaron was given one more scene where like, it shows how he got into this life or something. See, I agree with you on the prowler sense, but I disagree with you on the Kingpin. I actually really enjoyed Kingpin's arc in this. I I liked Kingpin's story, but I feel like if there was just one more scene with him, it would have made him a fantastic villain. Yeah, no, I, I, I enjoyed him all around. Like, I don't, I think he is a fantastic villain. Okay. Um, let's see what else. Okay. I want to talk about the intro where, um, it's regular Peter Parker from Miles's universe. Yeah. And he makes fun of Spider-Man being a pure merchandise machine. Yeah. Which is really funny because Sony is just all about that merchandise. Oh yeah. Um, there's a ton of Sony product placement in this movie. Well, technically made by sony but no it's made by sony because marvel's cinema the marvel studios didn't have anything to do with this one i thought they did 
Nope. This was somehow Sony made a good one. Oh, you're right. I was thinking of something else. I was thinking of um Tom Holland. I was thinking of Tom Holland's, yeah. Because somehow yeah. Sony made a good one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how. Um so in this movie also, one of my favorite bits, especially in the intro, they make fun of the old Spider-Man movies. Specifically yep. the third Sam Raimi movie where he does the dancing in the beginning. Yep. I loved seeing that. It made me so happy to see this. When I first saw that in the movies, I'm like, this movie's gonna be so much fun. Yeah. It's, I, it's not afraid to poke fun at itself, and that's really enjoyable to see. Yeah. Um, though it kind of pulls from all sorts of Spider-Man aspects. Cause like in the movie obviously well obviously one of the main aspects of spider-man is him struggling to be it just to to deal with it all to be deal with being a superhero deal with being a student deal with being at the daily bugle like all that juggling all that stuff and that scene um sort of i feel like with peter b parker except his life collapsed trying to juggle it all yeah like he couldn't handle the stress yeah and and that's it's also seen with miles at school and I want to touch on the school really quick. It doesn't feel real to me. Like, all the s- other students feel very stereotypical. Like, ha loser, ha Like, what, after when he walks in, after saying, after saying, bleh, after having to say, I love you, dad. Yeah. Everybody's I mean, like, I love you, bro. Your shoes untie. <laughs> like, it, well, it, I mean, I, it's, he's in middle school, right? Yeah, but like, and were people that nice in middle school, Drew? Did people no. just randomly say that stuff to your face in middle school? People yes. will say behind your back, sure. Nah, people said in front of me. Okay, well, I don't know. Maybe you have some shitty friends. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I might. You mentioned the soundtrack earlier. Now, I personally. I know it's a good soundtrack. I cannot deny that it is a good soundtrack, especially for certain scenes. Um, there's, it just, it's very powerful. Um, I think one of the songs, right before, right at, like towards the end, right before the final fight, is "What's Up, Danger." Yeah, that I will say is a half, is a halfway decent song. That's a great song. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. But for those who know me, know you're more of a rock not, and roll. I exclusively like classic rock and a little grunge but i cannot stand modern music it makes me very very i don't know it makes me tired a lot or it annoys me with like pop music i cannot stand pop who can though but i can't i will say this soundtrack is like it's pretty good for the movie i did like the what's up danger scene like i said um there's the scene and it was actually a older song it's a pop older pop song when um they're getting they're suiting up for when they're about to go into the Al- alchemax uh like laboratory yeah forest they're playing this like really like corny pop song as they're doing the suit up scene which is kind of makes fun of like old superhero movies where like they did like the suit suit up montage yep. to like really crappy pop music and i i i i caught that and i was like that's pretty funny i like that yeah but yeah the soundtrack i cannot deny its quality even though i don't like it See, I enjoy it. That's, yeah, I, I mean, I figured. I mean, it, it's going to be up to personal taste, but I enjoy it. Um, let's see. Oh, one of my favorite um 
nerd jokes in this movie was when Miles gets bit by the spider. And he is. He just flicks it off. Flicks it off. Normally in the comics and stuff, like when Peter gets bit, and I think maybe when Miles gets bit in the new ones, he's like, holy shit. And like, that, like this all freaks out. This one, he just flicks it off. I was like, that's pretty funny. Yeah. I think we should go through the story, though, because we're kind of jumping around a little bit. Yeah, okay. So in the so the movie, um, it begins with Miles just as a regular kid, and then he's getting ready for his new school, private school, and his dad takes him to school. Well, he originally doesn't take them to school. Miles walks originally and is slapping his art all across the city as he's going. It's not his art. It's his little name tag things. Yeah, but it's it's art. Yeah, okay. Making art. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> then his dad catches him and takes him to school. And then he walks into school and he is just super stressed out. He's like taking notes and then he, uh, the teacher asks a question and he's slowly raising his hand, but everybody else darts up immediately. And it's just, it shows the stress building and then he shows up to class late and then he meets... um. Guanda, I think, is what. Is no, it it's it, it's Gwen, but she said it's Guanda. Yeah, it's Gwen, Stacy, but she says it's yeah. Gwen. Yeah. And oh, did you notice in that scene particularly when he's walking in, he, the, so it's Olivia Octavius who is yes. Doc Ock in this universe. It doesn't allow you to see the Octavius part. Yeah, I noticed that. Mm-hmm. Which is really cool because. Then we just think she's a normal scientist. We don't yeah, we think don't that's re- an actual. We don't think it's Doc Ock in this universe. I will. I will say though, I get it's an alternate universe and gender switches might occur. I just don't understand why. The only thing I would guess is that you don't see her coming as Doc Ock. I mean, I don't think it really matters. I don't think it matters, but I think that it doesn't it, matter. That's just, I think it, I think that's just it though. Like it doesn't matter. Why'd you change it? I mean, in this universe, Peter Parker had blonde hair. Yeah, fair point. Like, it, it's not like they're taking it, like, from the comics, where, like, I would be more, like, scrutinizing it. But if it doesn't take away from the story, I don't really it mind. It take away from the story, but it, I felt like it didn't add anything either. Yeah, so. I, get, I don't mind, but you might. Yeah. That'll be up to personal preference. Yeah, it's personal whatever. So... He meets Gwen in class, and then he goes home and sees his Uncle Aaron, and his Uncle Aaron does the – he's telling Uncle Aaron about Gwen, how he kind of likes her, and then Uncle Aaron does the – have you ever heard, have you ever heard the, the shoulder touch? Yeah. And when Miles goes, uh, no, and he goes, all right, I'm going to show you. And then he, he, t- he touches Miles on the shoulder, and he goes, hey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Miles just, Miles tries it back, and he's like – Hey, hey. and he like, does it completely wrong, and it's he's like, it's hey, baby. <laughs> yep, it's a pretty funny scene, and then it comes back at the end, which we'll talk about. But um, after that, they go down into the sewers, and Miles puts up um some graffiti with um Uncle Aaron, and it says it's the word expectations, and then a shadow of Miles standing outside of it. Mm-hmm. Which I thought, after seeing the movie, it means a lot more to me. Because it's, originally it's just Miles not, because Miles doesn't understand the expectations he's going to be have 
he's that are going to be had of him soon. Mm-hmm. At that point, he hadn't been bitten. Yeah. So he thought he was dealing with stress then. The expectations that the other spider people would have of him later in the movie would be so much more. And it's just seeing it the second time, I was like, man, that, that kind of hits harder. Yeah. And nothing, like when, once he gets his powers or anything, nothing really motivates him to be a Spider-Man until Uncle Aaron's death, which well, is pretty interesting, I find. Because in Peter Parker's case, right, his uncle died. You know, he got bit by Spider-Man, and then his uncle died. And he's like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become Spider-Man, so nothing else like this can happen. In Miles' case, like, he's still a good person. He wants to help, but he, does, he hasn't had that, like, that something happened to him where he's like, oh, I got to really put all my effort into this or someone else is going to die. I'll talk about what happens next because I feel like that I, I don't agree with that one. Because what happens next? So uh, Miles goes out and then he goes, in, he goes, and I'm trying to think of what happens exactly next to follow that series of events. Oh, he gets bit by the spider and then he goes back to try to find the spider and then he sees Spider Man fighting the Green Goblin. Yeah. And Spider, he's about. Miles is falling into danger, and then Spider-Man grabs him, and he goes, oh, you're like me. He goes, I can teach you to be Spider-Man. And Miles goes, cool. And then comes a joke that I like, and he goes, all right, I just got to destroy this machine before the time, um, space-time continuum collapses real quick. Be right back. And then he goes and just, he treats it like an average day, and it, it, he says, when he's plugging in the, uh, the USB, he goes, man, I get this wrong every time. Yep. I was like, that's pretty That's pretty funny. And then Miles records the fight, too, between Green Goblin and Spider-Man. I just thought that was kind of funny. I mean, who? what teenager wouldn't? Yeah, I know. He, he, who what teenager wouldn't, but I just thought it was kind of funny. But at the end, um, Kingpin turns on the collider machine, and the machine explodes, and Spider-Man gets killed by Kingpin, like we said earlier. But before he dies, Spider-Man tells Miles, I need you to be Spider-Man. I need you to put this back into the machine and shut it down before Kingpin destroys the universe. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's what kind of motivated him to be Spider-Man. That's still going to motivate him, but did he know Spider-Man? No, but I mean, at the end, well, not at the end. Again, someone outside of himself dying is going to motivate someone, but it's not going to motivate someone to the point of, if someone close to them has died, because think of, we see their, we see Uncle Aaron and Miles' relationship, and we see their bond and how close they are with each other, right? So him losing Uncle Aaron to Kingpin is gonna be a lot more motivating than Spider Man. Well, like, like he still knows he has to take on those responsibilities of Spider Man because he is one now. But well, like after that, he goes to Spider Man's funeral, and MJ is speaking at the funeral, and she goes, "Everybody is Spider Man, and he needs, and Peter needed you, the city." to kind of stand up and be spider-man and then miles goes she's taught i need to be spider-man and so he, he literally says that he says i need to be spider-man or something like that and i just feel i thought that was the moment where he and then after that when he meets peter b parker he's like we got to go do this thing we got to go save the world and like i feel like he was motivated enough but i feel like he, he finally was able to become I feel like he reached his true potential when Uncle Aaron died and um, his dad talked to him. 
I feel like he was see, motivated, but then he reached his true potential when that happened. See, I think the moment he became a Spider-Man was when is after that when he bursts out of those webs, and then he goes and gets the suit because then he's be, he's like, I'm not gonna like he's not living in the shadow of Spider-Man. He's becoming his own person. Yeah, but I think the well, I thought the message of the movie is that there are, everybody's Spider-Man. As long as you do good, you are Spider-Man. Well, yeah, that's a very simple premise of the movie. Yeah, but I feel like that's that's the thing. Like he he isn't the one and only Spider-Man. He is Spider-Man, but there are everybody can be Spider-Man. Yeah. And so I feel like he was Spider-Man when he got bit. And after Peter died, he started to become Spider-Man. And then he finally truly reached his potential of being Spider-Man when his uncle died. He was a Spider-Man in training before his uncle died. Okay, so what? So he couldn't think of it because he could barely fight. He ran away from every single fight. And then once his uncle Aaron dies, he's taking on Kingpin. Okay. I think. Like then he like at that moment, he's like, yeah, well, this is serious. The thing is, Spider-Man, as Miles is Spider-Man, he had all the powers of Spider-Man, but he could also do his uh shock and turn invisible. Yeah. The other Spider-People had never been able to experience that. When Peter became Spider-Man, he was able to master his powers fairly quickly and use them for wrong and wasn't truly Spider-Man until Uncle Ben killed got killed. But Miles was go- immediately decided to use them for good because Peter died. Well, yeah. Yeah, so I'm saying he, as long as you do But again, good, because, but, but, but then you also have to think like this. Peter doing it for wrong in the beginning was because there was no other Spider-Man. He didn't have a legacy to hold on to. Think of it, Spider-Man already had a legacy in this universe, right? And that's what Miles was trying to live up to. But you can't live in someone else's shoes forever. Okay. So you have to become your own person. You sure. Can't. But I'm saying that with that in mind, Peter died. Spider-Man died. And so Miles wanted to become Spider-Man and live up to the mantle. And that's when I feel like he started to become Spider-Man. Yeah, he's starting to become Spider-Man. But he doesn't become Spider-Man until that scene. with Uncle No, Man. because everybody is Spider-Man as long as you're trying to do good. No. Yes. <laughs> that's the message of the movie. And we agreed on this like five minutes ago. Nah. Yeah, that is the premise of the movie. And Miles is but trying I'm- to do good. So he's yeah. sure. I okay. I guess we're we got so off topic. We spent so long on that. Yeah. Okay. Well, what scene are we even on? We were on his funeral, or yes, Spider Man's funeral. And so Miles goes to um Peter's gravestone, and he's like, "I'm gonna be Spider Man. I'm gonna go do my thing. I'm gonna save the world." And then Peter B. Parker gets introduced with his fantastic introduction. And at the end of his intro, I just loved this. He said, did you know seahorses mate for life? Like, you can feel the emotion. And it was was pretty funny. But, yeah. Um, But then Peter Parker gets introduced, and then there's a chase scene or whatever, and then um, Miles ties up Peter, and he goes, who are you? Why do you look like Spider-Man? And then they have this little funny back and forth. And um, Peter goes, don't watch the mouth, watch the hands. And then he wait, shays, he does little, some jazz hands real quick. And then he uh, gets out of the apartment. Um, after that, they have the fantastic, 
one of my favorite scenes in the movie is the wall walk. Yeah. I love the scene where they just have a total back and forth. And it's a great intro for Peter B. Parker because it shows that he's done this superhero thing for years. Yeah. He, he has a lot of experience. He, there's this thing where there's a moment where he goes, it's always the end of the world. And he goes, the goober, give me the goober, give it. They're always, there's always some code or hacking or USB or whatever. Just give, I always call them goobers, give it. And it's just a fantastic introduction to show Spider-Man isn't perfect. Yes. But as long as you're doing good, you can be Spider-Man. And it's just that he, he's doing this for years. And he's, that's kind of, it's kind of a twist on, just because you've done something for years doesn't mean you can teach others. Well, I think it you can teach others because original Peter, the Peter Parker in Miles' original universe is very optimistic and stuff. So he's going to give him a lot more tips on being optimistic, right? But again, Peter B. Parker is a lot more grounded. So he's going to give him a lot more like, again, in the in the hamburger scene, right? He's like, oh, put baby powder in the soup. Yeah, the joints are going to get all messed up. Yeah. it's a lot, There's a lot. There's a big difference between the two. And I, I actually really enjoy that. I, I enjoyed it as well, but also Peter B. Parker has been Spider-Man for longer. Yeah. So but it I, shows the difference between the two. Yeah, I think that's what made him that's what made them so interesting was just because things can get bad doesn't mean that it can stay bad. Also it was another message in the movie, because at the end he goes back to Mary Jane and tries to patch things up. Yep. I just thought it was a it was a good twist because obviously Peter B. Parker doesn't seem like a great mentor at first, but then he does become a good mentor. Yeah. Um, I will say, um, with the acknowledging of the cliches that Peter B. Parker does all the time in the movie, I usually hate that because just because you acknowledge the cliches doesn't excuse them. Yeah. But in this movie, it works because it's supposed to be like a comic and they're embracing it more. Yeah. And it, it, in that way, it works. Other times, like I'm on a show that I sort of like sort of don't i'm kind of debating rick and morty um, they acknowledge a lot of the cliches but it doesn't work for the story they're just acknowledging yeah it works more for the story because it's supposed to be a literal translation translation of a comic book and so and it's more of a spoof on comics in that sense as well it's but comics have always been goofy and ridiculous so it's supposed to be a little translation of a comic book and that's why it works better in like Rick and Morty stuff like that, it doesn't work as well. It's just them breaking the fourth wall and acknowledging the stupidity of the mm-hmm. world. And I didn't like it. I don't like it as much there. But you can kind of understand the cliches because Peter B. Parker, Peter B. Parker has been doing it for so much longer. You want to just call him PB? What? PB? Just call him PB. Just keep it easy. PB. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think that it makes it makes much more sense because it for, services the story of him knowing the cliches and knowing because he's been doing this for so long and that yeah. way it works and it services the story um after that pb and miles they go to the alchemax laboratory and they get the um pc and one of my favorite jokes in the movie was um part of the plan of that pb has he says all right i'm gonna get a bagel on the way out and then we're gonna we're gonna go hack the we're gonna do the thing and he actually ends up getting a bagel yeah just, but then they lose the bagel because they lose the bagel and i was so i was sad i was like oh, and, it, and it said bagel did you it, it know, hit I, saw, I saw it said bagel when miles throws the bagel at because there's after that um lab scientists because when they go to alchemax the lead scientist of alchemax is doc ock 
Or Olivia Octavius. Olivia Octavius in this movie. And so her and a bunch of um, Alchemax scientists are chasing PB and Miles. And so um, PB goes, all right, let's switch. And because Miles stole the entire PC, originally they were just going to hack the PC, but Miles just ended up stealing the entire PC because yeah. of um, Doc Ock's desktop being messy. Yeah. <laughs> I thought was pretty, I thought that was funny because my desktop is a total mess too. Really? Mine's not. Mine's pretty clean. Mine, Mine has like five documents on it. Mine isn't as messed up as her. Like hers is next level. Messed up. But mine. Like how can you be a top scientist with that much shit on your desktop? I don't know. I it's it's strange. But um. Anyways, he's like, I'm just gonna steal the whole thing. And then as they're running, PB's like, All right, let's switch. And he take and he throws my, Miles a bagel and takes the PC. <laughs> and Miles turns and throws the bagel at one of the doc scientists, and it says bagel when it hits him. Yep. I thought that was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. And then after that, they're swinging. Um, Miles learns to swing. And um, this is when Gwen gets introduced. Yes. Now, I liked her intro because it had some awesome guitar. And she beats the crap out of Doc Ock. Yeah. I liked her intro a lot. Um, I, didn't, I don't know too much about Spider-Gwen. So it's basically in the universe of Spider-Gwen, right? Um, Peter Parker is the lizard. And Gwen kills the lizard. And they're best friends, from what I know. So she kills her best friend, and she becomes Depresso Expresso. And, like, yeah. So then she doesn't have any friends, and she's alone. And then I think she saves her father from being shot. I know in the movie she saves her father. Yeah, I don't know about the comics. I haven't read the Spider-Gwen comics. Like I said, yeah, I haven't read Spider-Gwen either. Um, There is one thing, because after that, they go to um, Aunt May's house and go into the spider cave. Yeah. And I love seeing all of the goofy spider vehicles and the Spider-Man suits. They have the PS4 suit in there. They have the spider buggy in there. They have every suit in there. But one of the ones I love seeing was this PS4 because it shows just – it's kind of cheeky. Like, that just came out this year, and you're already referencing it. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but I, my favorite thing was seeing the spider car. The spider Cause buggy, yeah. Because that's such a joke in the comics. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. why would Spider-Man need a car? And it, I just loved seeing that. Yeah. But um, I will say this. Every single time they do the let's do this one last time intros with the comic books, it gets shorter every time, and it makes sure the pacing doesn't stop. It doesn't stop or get too slowed down. It's, I thought that was perfect because the first one they do with um, Peter in the very, very beginning, the original Peter, is pretty cool it's it's not fairly quick it's meant to be an introduction to the world and spider-man yes if you've never seen anything by him and then the next one is to show peter it's show pb and his is a little bit longer because it's to show that the original peter that's basically his life but then it's like his life gets extended into pb's life where he's just depressed and loses everything Mm -hmm. and in that sense it works for the story and the pacing yeah and then with Gwen's, it's a little bit shorter because we'd seen it twice already. Yeah. And then with the last three, the last three combined are about the length of like PVs. Yeah. A little bit longer, but each one is individually shorter. And I love that. It made so oh, yeah. much sense. And I loved um, Nicolas Cage's Noir Spider Man. Oh my God. He was more, he, he was so, he, I think he's my favorite Spider-Man in this I movie. let the match run down to my fingertips just so I can feel something. <laughs> feel something, anything. I love, he's, I think him and Peter Porker are my two favorite Spider-Mans in this movie. 
Really? I see. I love Peter Parker and I like Peter B. Parker, PB. I like PB a lot. Those three are my favorite, I think. Really? My favorite goes PB, Miles, PB, Miles, Gwen, Noir. Then it's then it's the um Spider Ham, and then it's Penny. I don't like Penny at all. I I okay. I shouldn't say I don't like Penny. I've never read the comics of Penny. Well, I don't think she need. I don't think she was needed in this. Penny isn't in there very long. In the she's not there very much in the comics. I think she might have gotten her own like mini series because of the movie. I can't remember exactly. That's right around that movie. I stopped reading comics. Yeah, much. I would have preferred twenty ninety nine in there. The thing is, though, but I think he's coming in the next one. There's the gag at the end. Yeah, which we'll get to. I. There's a lot of good Spider-Mans I would have liked to see. I'm trying to think. I would have loved to see maybe... I don't even know. I think Penny serves the story very well. Really? I don't think she adds... I mean, I guess it's the little hacky thing. Yeah. She's, Japan. She's the little hacker. I'm trying to think of like good Spider-Man characters that could have been in there instead. I can't think... Because most of them are Peter Parker, I think. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I... I I would have liked to see the Fantastic Bagman. That would have been funny. That would have been pretty funny. Even if it was just for like a one scene cameo gag, I would have liked to see, like when they're all coming into the universe, like just to show the different universes, like maybe show him the Fantastic Bagman. I would have liked to see that. That would have been pretty funny. Um, I don't know. I can't think of any others that really would have serviced the story as well. Yeah, I know, but that's just like a personal thing. I yeah, don't. A, I didn't really like. Like, I didn't think Penny needed to be in this. Yeah, um, because then at the end, the spider dies and it's, or is close to death, and it's like I don't care about this character. Well, the robot dies, but then her and the spider thing, get out. Yeah, this, they go back to the universe. Yeah. Um, I do want to say one thing. I feel like there was no moment between because Gwen, Gwen's Peter died. Yeah, and I feel like there was no moment between her and PB where she, because there's a moment in the movie where PB sees the MJ of Miles universe and like just he's like, "I'm so sorry. I really wish I would have been there for you." Oh yeah, and I wish there was something like that between um, PB and Gwen or PB. There's there's a slight hint at it with PB and Aunt May, but yeah. Concrete, and I really wish there was something there from PB and. But, but I think it's because Gwen is a secondary character to Miles and PB. Yeah, but I think it, it was clear from her in, her "Let's do this one last time" intro that Peter of her universe made a, meant a lot to her. So I feel like yeah. it didn't that I feel like it needed to be there. Yeah, but I think Gwen is supposed to be that way because I think she's supposed to be like emotionally cut off and stuff. Unlike Peter, unlike unlike PB. Yeah, but I mean, she's emotionally cut off because she's not. She doesn't have Peter, and I feel like if you see P- Peter standing right in front of you, even if it's not the real, you'd want to say something. Yeah, I guess. Um. All right. Uh, I will say I love the action in this movie. Oh yeah, it's really good. It's fast paced, easy to follow. It's not too much going on. It's very fast paced, and it's easy to follow because when it in the fast-paced moments you're focusing on one thing yeah it's not like you're like the only time it gets a little bit hit or miss is when they do the scene in aunt may's house 
But I think that's why they I think that's why they take it outside then. They do take it outside shortly after. But also in that scene, there's a little bit more there is focus on one aspect of the fight each time. Like yeah. there'll be the focus on um P B and Miles and the Prowler, or the Scorpion and um Peter Porker, or Tombstone and Aunt May when she hits him with the baseball bat. Like there's always focus on one aspect of the fight. Yeah. It doesn't really stray too much. Which is very it's it's easier to follow instead of yeah, having everything it, on screen. It, it makes the action fast paced and easy to follow at the same time, which is the perfect balance. Yeah. Um and then, and then the um Uncle Aaron death scene comes in. The Uncle Aaron death scene comes and oh, we completely just went over how Miles found out about um Uncle Aaron. So oh Uncle we did. Aaron, Uncle Aaron died. Uncle Aaron says he's out of town for a little bit. Um, this is earlier in the movie, and Miles goes to write Uncle Aaron a note, just being because he's so stressed out and he's just like losing his mind. He's like, Uncle Aaron, I need to talk whenever you get a chance. If you come back within a couple days, thanks, uh, Miles. And then he, Uncle Aaron, comes as the Prowler, but and then my, he lifts up his mask and you know, sure thing, Kingpin or whatever. And Miles like, oh my god, it, 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 it's my uncle. And then he runs out the window, and then there's a chase scene for a little bit, and then blah, 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 blah. And then, um, Pro- oh, Prowler follows Miles back to Aunt May's house. That's how the fight scene happens. But then Uncle Aaron, as you said, gets killed by Kingpin. Because, he what, yeah, what happens is um, the Prowler, Uncle Aaron, has um, Miles by the shirt over a over a house over on a roof of a house and then miles lifts his mask and he's like please uncle Aaron." and then um kingpin's like you got just kill him kill him now and then um the prowler puts him down on the roof and then just backs up knowing he's gonna die he he's just in full except he's like i'm bad but i'm not gonna hurt miles yeah I, he cares too gonna, much yeah he's it, i think it's that like i'm bad miles is good yeah, I don't want to ruin him, and it's it. My life isn't worth his. And I guess I can also tie into the Spider-Man overarching thing is of sacrifice. Yes, because a lot of what Spider-Man do does is sacrificing himself for the better, like to make anyone else better. Mm-hmm. And that's what Uncle Aaron does in this scene. That, he sacrifices himself. That is true. That does kind of redeem Uncle Aaron. Very much so, um, because at the when he's dying, because right after that, um, in that that whole like that whole thing on the rooftop with Uncle Aaron and Miles, it's a, it's a rainy day and it's very the colors are very toned down, it doesn't yeah. pop as much, and it, you can tell it's a scene where things are supposed to be taken seriously. And then as once Uncle Aaron Uncle Aaron gets shot, he falls off the roof, and then Miles goes after him, and it the it's so dreary. And the colors are so toned down. Like, you can tell this is supposed to be emotional. Take it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And it's – that whole scene is very well done. And that when that happens, Uncle Aaron goes, you're the best of us, man. Be good. Yeah. So I can see what you're saying with Uncle Aaron being kind of like the kicking force. Yeah. I just think it's more of him being a true – reaching his true potential. Anyways, we talked about that for way too long. I'm just going to keep moving on. Um, after that is the Miles and his dad talk. Yeah. 
Well, no, actually, his, his dad finds Uncle Aaron in the in the alley that yes. Uncle Aaron dies in, and he blames Spider Man for the death of his. Yeah. Uh, and his father didn't like Spider Man before this, so. Yeah. He kind of really doesn't like Spider Man now. Actually, after that scene is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. It's um. They all meet back up in Miles's room. Room, yeah. Uh, all the spider people, and Peter PB is like, "You're not coming with us. I'm gonna stay behind and do this. You're gonna stay here." He's gonna sacrifice himself for and for the city. It's especially because it comes later. It factors in later. PB sweeps Miles' legs jumps up on the ceiling and grabs him by the shirt and he says if you want to come with us shock me right now or turn invisible or do something mm-hmm. and miles can't yeah and it was so powerful just because of the theme of going above your expectations yeah standing outside of your expectations and being yourself be your own man yes and then after that is the Miles and his dad talk, and it's just, it's it's a fantastic talk. Because Miles can't talk back to him. Exactly, because when PB left, he webbed him to a chair and webbed his mouth shut. And yeah. it was just, it was so good. After that, they have their talk, and it's a very powerful talk, and he's, because um, Miles' dad doesn't know that, um, Miles knows that Uncle Aaron's dead, and he's like, Miles, something happened, man, and he goes, look, I, I really need to talk to you, but I understand if you don't. I just want to say that you're meant for great things, and I love you no matter what, man. And I love you no matter what, and you don't have to say it back. Which is a good callback to early in the movie when he said you got you to gotta say it back. Yeah. It, it was just a fantastic talking to you. And then it gives Miles the motivation and the drive to be able to shock himself out of his webs, and then he goes to Aunt May, and makes one of my favorite Spider-Man suits. Oh, yeah. I love the red and black design of Miles Morales' suit. I also love the spray paint on the suit. That's what separates it from me for me from being just a normal Miles Morales suit is the spray paint. Yeah. Because it means so much to this character specifically. And it also just looks cool. Oh, yeah. It looks paint. really good. But it means so much to this character specifically of making a suit your own and being your own man, but still being Spider-Man. Yeah. You can be, because there's a bunch of different people out there. They're all unique, but they're still Spider-Man. There's still something that makes them want to do good. It doesn't matter what type, it doesn't matter what color the suit is. It matters whether or not you're helping people. Exactly. And that's why I just love that movie. Or yeah. not the movie. I just love, I love the suit. Um, after that, then, is the um, final battle. This is when PB sees MJ, because it's a big party in mem- remembrance for Spider-Man. And PB sees MJ, and he's like, I should have been there for you. I'm sorry. And all the people at, at the party, all the waiters, they all have Spider-Man masks on. So all of them sneak in with their Spider-Man masks on. Which I thought was which pretty- is It's kind of weird, because Gwen and sticks out like a sore thumb yeah gwen and spider-man noir both don't wear aren't wearing like normal spider-man masks so it kind of sticks out which i don't understand but it's whatever it's just a little thing it doesn't matter um 
But so MJ goes up to PB and says, hey, we need some more bread at table 12 or whatever table it was. And he goes, I will absolutely get you bread. I was not there for you originally with your bread. And I will, I'm sorry, I should have been there for you with your bread. And it was, I, was, I was like, I know it's kind of supposed to be funny, but if it, it, I felt like it was powerful to me at least. Yeah. Because it shows that like he's willing to give it another shot. Yeah. He really misses MJ and he will do anything to get back with her. And it's like, just- like um, tutoring Miles or letting, or like taking Miles under his wing shows like he still, like there's still hope that yeah. there's still good things out there. And you have to just find a way to push through all the shit. Exactly. Um, let's see. Oh, when Miles go, he's I want I I mentioned this earlier. The um, when they're playing What's Up Danger, Miles is falling into the city upside down, mm-hmm. but it makes it look like he's falling upwards because yeah. the city is upside down and Miles is falling this way upwards for yeah. the audio listeners i'm pointing up yes but besides it looking cool he's i have a note here he is falling into the city and falling into the danger he's willing to be the good person that he is and stand outside of his expectations so he's literally falling into danger and not caring so the song is very powerful in that sense and yeah um, a lot of good callbacks at the very end during the final battle. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go. I, will, I have a list here that I'm gonna go through. Um, when um, PB has to go through the portal. So what happens is they all they all have their final battle, and each of the different spider people have to go back to their individual universes. And PB wants to stay behind and stop um, Kingpin while Miles shuts off the machine. But Miles goes and stops um, PB, and he sw- sweeps his leg and then holds him over the portal, which is a fun callback to what PB did to Miles in his room, as I mentioned earlier. And then right before Miles drops him, he goes, because PB asks, how do I know I won't screw things up again? And Miles goes, you won't. It's a leap of faith, which is also a callback to that same scene when PB goes, because Miles asks in the original scene in Miles' room, how do I know when I'm ready? He goes, you won't. It's a leap of faith. And I just thought that was really cool. And that's, and that's also the part where he's on top of that building. He jumps off. It's a leap of faith. Yeah. It was, it was just so cool to have that kind of callback. Um, the always getting back up. That's a yeah. constant reminder throughout this movie that Spider-Man always gets back up. And Miles, when he's beaten down by Kingpin, gets back up. Yeah. I will say it's a bit of a nitpick, but everyone says it, and I have to agree. I saw it when I, I thought of this when I thought the, when I saw it the first time. Why does Kingpin let him get up? That's true. <laughs> okay, it's the end of the movie. It's a kids' movie. They're not it's gonna a, kill. They're gonna not gonna kill another Spider Man. Be like, oh fuck you guys. I know. It it just it doesn't make sense why Kingpin just stands there and lets him get up. I feel like it would have been better if Kingpin like turns around and walks away, thinking that Spider Man's dead, but then. Miles gets up or something. I think it's him gloating, him being so arrogant and egotistical, being like, "Oh, I beat the other sweater." And what do you think? You just got here. Yeah, but he's just lets him get back up. Why not just beat him down again? Like you just—he's angry though. 
I mean, yeah, that that is true. That is a nitpick. It's a nitpick, but it it bothered me when I saw it the first time, and it bothered me again when I saw it now. Yeah, um, I mean, I can see how that is a nitpick, but it, you know. Yeah, but so then after that, he gets back up and he goes to Kingpin. He puts his hand on his shoulder, hey, and charges him and shoots him back, which I and thought he, was pretty. And then he sticks him with the web and he swings around and says, "Hey." Hit the button for me. He yeah. swings him. And Hit the big green button for me. It, 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 it was a fun callback. And then at the end, um, Miles is on the phone with his dad for just like a split second. And then he goes to his dad at, dressed as Spider-Man. And he has a little back and forth. He's like, I look forward to working with you. He just, he, he like deepens his voice a little bit. <laughs> he goes, yeah. I look forward to working with you. And then he goes, I love you. And then his dad goes, wait, what? I thought that was a love. I thought that was a really cool way to have Miles say to his dad, I love you. Yeah. Even though it's kind of played as a joke. Mm-hmm. I bet his father was like, what the fuck? Well, yeah, he goes, wait, what? <laughs> mm-hmm. I just thought that was kind of fun. Um, all right. And then that's the end of the movie. No. Liar. No, I well, I mean, he sits on top of the gargoyle. He slaps the little thing. I'd be like, oh, I put something where my dad will never find it. Okay. Yeah. Then he says, then he jumps off, swings around. He's like, all right, let's do this one last time. All right, and then he's like, anyone can wear the mask because anyone can be Spider Man, and yeah. I nah, love it. Nah. Yeah. Um, and then that's the end of the movie, except for the post credit scene. Post credit scene, but I will say, this is the one movie where i like watching the post i like watching the credits that is true i enjoyed the credits it's just them showing how awesome the artistic talent is in this movie and it's just a bunch of different drawings and stuff and as the credits and i just love watching these credits it it was so cool watching the credits as do i um there's the stan lee and steve ditko call out at the end as i mentioned earlier um it the, it's got a little um, quote from Stanley where it says, "As long as I think it's something like, as long as you are doing good, you, you are those who do good are the real superheroes, something like that." Yeah. And then after that, it's um, it says, "Thank you, Steve Ditko and Stanley, um, from creating something great." And then it says, "Like, thank you for making us all feel special, or like we all think we can be superheroes, or something, or something like that." But it was it was a cool send off and cool moment because i think that was i think endgame was technically stanley's last cameo yes it was his last cameo but this for me was my favorite stanley cameo because um in this it stanley has like a comic shop or something and um stanley goes the suit always fits eventually as it's kind of like a cool moment but then after there's he um it's Stanley smiling and there's also a sign that says no refunds. Yeah. So it's a deep moment and he's he, even in this uh, cameo he says you know Peter was a friend of mine. It's just, it's a very special cameo because Stanley is kind of like Spider Man's kind of his like his baby and it's like his favorite character. He is. And so this felt like a very special one, but also kind of a funny one because of the no refunds that thing. Yeah. For but sure. yeah, it's one of my favorite cameos from him. Now comes the fantastic post credit scene. Oh yeah, twenty nine nine. One of my favorite Spider Man of all time. All right, he puts on this weird little watch doodad. All right, taps it a couple of times. Gets thrown into some movie. 
or it was it was in the movie it was the tv show i don't remember which year it was though the 67 spider-man i think is what, i think it's a 67 okay and it's the pointing spider-man meme and it's hilarious and i loved it it was it was yeah i'm looking up which one it was um it was so when i first saw spider-man 29 i was like oh my god spider-man 29 that's so cool but then he yeah it's 1967 but then he goes back tonight. I saw World 67 or Universe 67. I was like, they didn't. And they take him back. And I was like, oh my God, they did it. Yep. It was a meme. Was, and I loved it. Me and Will, the guy I saw it with, we were just losing our minds laughing the entire time. And then they did the pointing meme. And I, we were all, we, we just lost. It was so cool as nerds to see that. We, we, we liked that a lot. Yes, it was a very enjoyable scene. I enjoyed that. It was a great cap off to the movie. And it was just there for the nerds. And but again, it doesn't take itself seriously. And that's what I really enjoy about this movie. It, it po- Well, it, it does in some part, but it's able to. Comics are goofy. Yes, very and much. It makes sure that you know, we know comics are goofy and we want to make fun of them. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's it yeah this this was a shorter review i think i think so too okay cool well Um, what final thoughts i i have a list of easter eggs and jokes in this movie that i thought were cool okay go through those yeah go ahead for the nerds out there um the very beginning of the movie opens with a comics code authority Mm -hmm. logo Uh, do you know what that is yes it was like the uh, like the that's like do you want me to explain it it's the thing that they put on. I'm retarded. You want no, me to explain? I know what it is. I just can't <laughs> explain it. Yeah, go ahead, explain it. Cause I, for, I can't speak. I think it was the '70s when this all. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the '70s. But, um, back then, um, comics weren't appealing very well to children who were their main sellers. I, th- I think that's how it was. And so the Comics Code Authority said. All right, there can be no more blood and gore, no more swearing, no more. There was a bunch of things that they said couldn't be in comics. And, I, and um, superheroes could not kill. Yeah, villains. superheroes couldn't kill their villains. The only way villains could die was by their own yeah, like, agenda. Their own, yeah, and so um, that changed comics, and it created this goofy Silver Age comic book era, yeah. which I love. Because everything is so freaking dumb. And campy. <laughs> and campy. Oh, and, the Adam West Batman. Yes, it kind of formed the Adam West Batman. And it was just, it was great to see. And then when they put the Comics Code Authority at the beginning, I'm like, oh, that and the um, making fun of the dancing scene in the mm-hmm. very beginning. I was like, man, this movie is going to be fun for me as a nerd. Yep. And yeah, that's just what that is. And it's, it's shown in the very beginning. Um, yep. Next Easter egg I noticed, um, there's a show out there called Community, and um, on the show Community, there's Donald Glover. Now, Donald Glover, a lot of people wanted to be Spider-Man. They wanted him to be Miles Morales, and then now he's a little older, and they don't want him as much, but um, Uncle Aaron, when in the first scene with Uncle Aaron, they show him watching community and then in community there's a scene where troy is wearing spider-man pajamas yeah 
Um, and that's kind of what maybe people want him to be Spider-Man. And um, Uncle Aaron is watching that scene from Community with him in the Spider-Man. I was just like, that's funny. Yeah. Everyone wanted him to be Miles Morales and they're kind of poking fun at it. Mm-hmm. Um, next is that Spider-Man was a crappy popsicle. It still is a crappy popsicle. I loved that popsicle growing up, man. Whenever the ice cream truck came to my grandma's who house. Did, I, who I, didn't love that popsicle growing up? The SpongeBob, the Spider-Man, yes. the Batman. Was there a Batman one? No, there wasn't. It was just it was Spider-Man and SpongeBob. And Damn. sometimes oh, yeah, you're you got right. like those Dove chocolate, chocolate ice creams. With, it was like the chocolate-covered vanilla ice cream. Yep. Those were the three ice creams you got from the ice cream truck. And now there's no more ice cream truck. And everyone is depressed. I've never, I haven't seen the ice cream truck in years. Yeah, you realize when the ice cream truck disappeared, just as the years went on, just got worse and worse. Bring I, back ice cream trucks. I remember one time I heard the ice cream truck in a neighborhood over. And up until that point, I forgot the ice cream truck existed. It just disappeared one day. And it was just gone. It just stopped showing up. And then when I heard it, I was like, oh my god, the ice cream truck. I forgot that was a thing. Yeah, it's very it sad was, to see. It was pretty fun. Um, Next is um, Amazing Fantasy 15 exists in this universe as a comic book. Mm-hmm. That's the first appearance of Spider-Man, for those who don't know. And somehow it exists, which doesn't make any sense. And Peter Parker exists in the comic book yeah so like but it's everyone's in the world is shocked to hear that spider-man is peter parker when he dies though so it's kind of a plot hole and it's nitpicky um i don't think so okay <laughs> did he did he go by a different name in the comic book do you know or no i don't it it looked exactly like peter parker from the original comic books with like yeah the, yeah, like, yeah, yeah style and glasses yeah i know what you're talking about but did did he go as a different name in I the comic book, because then he could have just said, "Oh, it's yeah. just a different." It's yeah. just him retelling his story on how he became Spider-Man. That's fair. Um, in Miles's phone, um, B Bendis or Brian Michael Bendis is a contact. Yeah, Brian Michael Bendis is a famous comic writer, and he wrote for Spider-Man for many years. Um, in okay, this one I like to kind of just because it's poking fun. One point in the movie, Miles is just trying to become under and understand Spider-Man better. He jumps from building to building, but he fails. Oh. In the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, Peter does the same thing. He jumps from building to building to just kind of like get a just to like be freaked out by his powers. I just thought that was kind of fun. I don't know if it's an Easter egg directly to that, but I thought it was kind of funny. Um, the Upside Down Kiss and Stopping the Train, reference yep. to the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Um, and then that's it for uh, my um, Easter eggs. Cool. Okay. Any last thoughts? Uh, it's a great movie. It's, yeah. it's, it's so great. Um, I don't even know what to say about it. It's just fantastic. It looks great. All the voice actors are on point. The story is great. The characters are great. The writing's great. The pacing's great. It's just great. Couldn't say any better myself. I give it 10 out of 10. It's an easy 10 out of 10. Yeah. All right. I think that's going to be it for today. All right. Great. This is going to be a short episode, I think. think Maybe maybe about the same. What are we going to do next? Our next release is going to be 
Attack the Clones. Hopefully Thursday of our recording schedules met line up. If our recording schedules met, or we might just not do it because it's gonna be so bad. We'll we'll just post a five second clip. No, <laughs> just it's bad. Yeah, we're not even gonna waste our time. No, we'll do. Are we gonna do the commentary? We're gonna have to. Yeah, we're I gonna mean, have to. Be we, the... we we can do either. It doesn't matter to me. I think we did the commentary. Of, I think we should just do commentaries. On the Thursday. And then maybe ones. for the good ones, we'll do reviews. Yeah, that's a good idea. Why not? Oh, yeah, I guess because the better ones are. I have a lot more to talk about. That and I don't know if I can talk about the prequels more than I have to. That's true. Um, I, there was a segment that I had planned for the last review, but we didn't do it. I think we just forgot. I had mentioned it to you prior. What segment is this? Um, just what are we watching right now in quarantine? Oh, what I'm watching nothing. Great. <laughs> what are you watching? <laughs> segment ruined. Um, I have been watching a lot. There's a show. I've been watching that 70s show, which I actually, I, I like sitcoms. I don't like Friends. I'm sure we'll talk about it sometime. Oh, I am watching something during quarantine. What? I'm watching Love is Blind with Cammy, and then I'm watching Breaking Bad. Oh, we'll, we're, we were talking about reviewing Breaking Bad. Yes, we were. We're, we're going to review season. We're going to go season by season and review season by season. I have a lot to say about that show. As do I. Especially when we get to the last season, because... Don't spoil it. I haven't seen it. I'm on season two, episode two, so... I'm not going to spoil I'm just going to say I don't think it's as good. At least the first half. Okay. But, um, yeah, I've been watching that 70s show and a new show that came out on Netflix, like, a week ago called Hollywood. If you follow me on my pop culture story, you saw that I said it's one of my favorite shows ever made. It is so good. I love it. It the the ending brought me almost to tears. Okay. And I do not cry. Yes, because we are men. Because we are men, and we don't show emotion. No, we're stone faced killers. Um, I think that's. I had another segment that we're supposed to do in the beginning, but we've passed it. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think that's it for today. All right. I'm Drew. I'm Jordan. And that's legit. That's legit.